0: Head to MikeReinald.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show, we talk about eccentrics and whether or not they are the cat's meow for treating tendinopathies. The Ask Mike Reinold Show. Helping people feel better, move better,
1: and perform better.
0: Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the Introduction to Performance Therapy and Training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReinald.com slash performance to sign up today. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the latest Something episode got. of the Ask Mike Reinald Show. We are up here at Champion PT and Performance answering all your amazing questions on PT fitness, sports, performance, whatever it may be. Mike Skidado, Dave, Tilly, Lenny McCrina, Dan Pope here answering all those qu- we already talked about lots, lots of, of questions, whatever. lots yeah. of answers. So I'm getting questions. I'm getting we're getting we're getting tired here, we'll see. But um, <laughs> anyway, we are back with another episode and I think we have a student with we us. We have a student. We have a student oh.
2: with us He's yeah. been with us for months upon months <laughs> all by himself. So we welcome Trey, Dr. Trey Martin from East Tennessee State University. Laid back. Uh, he is our first student from East Tennessee State University. It's been amazing. Um, we are very happy to have you. Can you give us a fun fact about you, Dr. Trey? A fun fact about you, your childhood. Something that the listeners would really appreciate. Okay. Um, once when I was... Eight, I was at a basketball game playing tag with my brother. He tripped me. I went headfirst into a wall, had slight concussion. Um, I almost fractured my orbital bone, didn't. I was good to go, and I haven't talked to my brother since then. It's been a really bitter time oh, in the yeah. household. Almost yeah. fractured, like almost pregnant. Like, how you almost <laughs> fracture? Like, it, was, it was risky, you know, it was a big yeah, blow, yeah. Gotcha. you know, not quite the same thing. <laughs> Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, All let's right let's, family uh, issues. Family let's, uh, issues.
0: Let's get to the question. It was weird, <laughs> and They
2: got weirder. Yeah, yeah weirder it got possible, worked. but... Dr. Trey. <laughs> Dr. Trey. We've got Christy B from Uptown. Cardi B? Are eccentrics for tendinopathies really the cat's meow, or is it really just <laughs> time
0: under tension that makes the difference? I love that, that was... That was the best question ever
3: yeah, asked. That
2: was
0: pretty good. And she's not really from Uptown, right? What's Uptown? What's Uptown? Is that Uptown, Christy like New York? Yeah, Christy Brinkley from Uptown? Br is That right. Billy She's Joel a girl, is this that yeah, right? This is definitely, yeah. Can we shout
2: out Waddles? Like, for, he's from downtown. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: downtown, Waddles. Yeah, downtown Waddles. He's not. <laughs> he's <laughs> in a cute character. So, anyway, <laughs> what was the question again? All right. So, eccentrics for tendinopathy. Is it really the cat meow? Great question, Christy Brinkley. Who wants no. to start this one? I defer to Dan Pope Mr. Tendinopathy World. Why don't we start with our, our eccentrics effective at
3: tendinopathy? Yes, it seems so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good episode. All uh, right, guys. We'll see you next time. Wrap it up. What does uh, the cat's meow mean? Meow. Like it's a, like, Is there another, uh, like, a dog's bark? Is there a... <laughs> uh, All right. So, Dan, it's, what's, it's, yeah. what's your take on eccentrics for tendonopathy? So, I guess, you know, in terms of literature, um, a few papers come out saying that eccentrics are very helpful for tendonopathies, yeah. right? So, we kind of thought this was maybe the main thing that's going to help with people's tendon problems. Let's, let's really hit them hard with eccentrics. And then more papers started coming out where they're, they're looking at eccentrics versus concentrics, they started looking at isometrics, and they're all gaining kind of similar results. Right. You know, right. So it became one of these things like, do we really need to be focused on the eccentric? And uh, I would argue, probably not. Right. And it seems like one of the most important things with tendons is that, yeah, they probably need to be loaded. Uh, we don't know how much, I mean, um, we don't necessarily have the research to say that it needs to be heavy, right? Versus basically just loading over the course of time. Uh, we're not really sure if, if strength is the big thing that makes tendons get better. They've done some research where they look at the tendon, they biopsy it, and they strengthen it, and then it gets better, but it doesn't really change what the tendon looks like, right? So I don't know that we know exactly what we're doing when we load the tendon. I don't know that we know that there's one intervention that's going to be better than the others. You know, yeah. uh, my big thing is if you have an athlete or an individual individual in front of you. Have to think about their goals and what they were trying to get back to, and think about some sort of exercise that's going to work for them and fit into their schedule and get them back to the activities they need to get back to. Um, and if we're trying to help those folks, we also need to figure out why this tenant got painful in the first place and try to fix whatever caused that. You know. Yeah, I mean, well said. That was good, Mike. What do you guys? Follow-up question for Dan: uh, What kind of guidelines do you use for your patients in terms of? Uh, Pain while exercising versus pain after exercising. Trying to manage a tendonopathy, say uh, lower
2: extremity tendonopathy.
3: Pete Maliares, he the um, the uh, patellar tendon guy who did the. Uh, so I think his guideline was that if you have some pain during, that's fine. You want to make sure the next day your pain levels are back to their baseline. I think they used like a single legged squat. And basically, what was your pain with that single legged squat? And if it was like let's say a three out of ten, and then you exercise that day, gets a little sore. the Next day, you're back to a three out of ten your single leg squat. They're okay with that. Uh, Generally what I tell my athletes is that I want to see them around a 3 to a 5 out of 10 or less, right? That's fine. I want to make sure that at that night it doesn't flare up a ton. The next day they're kind of back to their baseline. So those are my general guidelines with most tendon problems. And to be honest, it's, it's my guideline for pretty much every pain problem that I see. You know, it's not just reserved for tendon issues. And I think the big thing is that you need to dose your exercise appropriately and you use pain as a guideline to do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just tell my athletes, like, look, if you hurt while you're doing these exercises, but over the course of time, from week to week, month to month, you're improving, the pain is not that important to me. The big thing is already making progress. So I like that. And there, there's a lot that goes into that
0: with with the pain thing too. It's you know everybody's number. That's just a subjective number that it, it varies. So I think you have to tell them that range, like a three, four, whatever you want that range to be. But you also then have to play.
1: Does it go away tomorrow? And I, I think you said that really well. I think you have to put those two together. Um, yeah. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think I've learned a lot from Dan, especially with like his concept of like fighting fire with fire. And I think that the precaution I would give to people. Sometimes, especially in the younger population, it's really hard to differentiate sometimes between a growth plate irritation and a, like a patellar tendonopathy. And you got to realize that that's eccentric contractions is probably the way they flared up the growth plate and stuff. So I've made the mistake of maybe not being specific enough in my diagnosis and throwing a little bit too much at it too soon, and they're, they get much worse because it's bony edema. It's not the tendonopathy that's really the symptom generator. So just be careful there on like, you know, the 24 hour response is really important because 24 hours is not enough to make a bone. calm down. I, I like that too and I think that's a good reason to say that Eccentrics isn't necessarily
0: the cat's meow for tendonopathy because you know, some well, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I I think what happened here's my take on what happened with eccentrics with tendonopathy because I I, I was looking at this recently for some talk that I did, and I think essentially what happened is we went from like doing like straight leg raises and like knee extensions with an ankle weight for somebody with patellar tendonitis, and then we compared it to eccentric training, which is way more tissue tension, way more time under load, like you kind of like. said in your question in there right it's a big difference I don't think that's apples to apples I think that's like apples to oranges that you know you have somebody doing really a basic like five pound knee extension and then all of a sudden they're doing a body weight step down eccentrically that's way more load so initially everyone says like oh it's eccentrics Right? They assumed it was the eccentric component and not maybe the time under tension or the increase in load. And everyone's like, well, eccentrics work. And then what we started to do is we started to see like different studies come out. And isometrics mm. have been shown to be effective with tendinopathy. So you know you have a really aggressive isometric contraction. So now you're not getting that eccentric load, uh, but you're still getting some tension and, and, and stress on the, the tendon. That's been shown to be effective. And then now the next thing we're, we're kind of talking about now is essentially combining concepts and eccentric so a heavy concentric with a slow return to the star position which is like getting back to the fundamentals of just like strength training right and and they're starting to show that that may be even better than just eccentrics in in and of itself so i i I wanted to historically kind of cover that in our answer because i think that's why we got to this where everybody's like eccentrics right because we're always like five years behind right like five years ago it was eccentrics 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 and it takes a while for the new research to get into like the public, like kind of head right so if you haven't been up on the data you haven't been up on paying attention to this you probably think you know eccentrics are still the way to go but I think you're right I think it's about load and and time under tension and it's about doing that and it's probably about having multiple ways to stress the tissue both isometrically concentrically eccentrically and then maybe during different phases, you kind of you kind of you know put those all in. Uh, I feel like I'm moderating this
2: episode, but I like, like this. Another question for the group: like, <laughs> Where do you think like blood flow restriction fits in with tendinopathy treatment? I like Good question. I like that. We so this, don't this really know. This don't, is, I don't, is a I don't, big
0: episode. <laughs> this is we're just like this is a big episode. I guess we don't need to go <laughs> down
2: that. From what I've read, and maybe Dan or Dave mm-hmm. or even Mike, the mics would know. It doesn't seem like blood flow restriction, we are still scooting? It doesn't seem like blood flow restriction affects the tendon at all. It will affect hypertrophy of the muscle but there's nothing in the literature that I've seen, I feel like I've seen it in numerous spots, that it affects the tendon itself. So maybe you get more hypertrophy of the muscle. What that means for the tendon, I don't know. It's gonna look better when you're uh, wearing your jeans, but I don't know if it's necessarily gonna affect the tendon. So the historical aspect's important to understand. I think Jill Cook has a lot of good stuff on there and on Twitter and all of her research. And I think another concept to understand is when you look at tendons, MRI or anything else, the amount of pain does not correlate to the amount of pathology, tendinopathy, structural issues, versus people have pain, and you do an MRI and there's nothing structurally going on. So I think, again, this pain concept is all over the place. I think just getting them to feel better and move better and load them a little, as much as you can, and make them feel better about loading the joint, would
1: is my approach that's how i treat people with tendinopathy yeah. you know I, I could be wrong the last that i read on the pathophysiology maybe you're more up to date than i am but like a lot of the tendon issues especially the like chronically irritated ones are like a very big ingrowth of like not so great pain fibers and nociceptors that are like kind of not supposed to be there and the, the collagen fibers are real kind of mixed and mangled so i think the blood flow is more of a metabolic effect where the loading is what actually makes the the tendon get stressed and i think induces some of that remodeling that's the last I read, but that could be very wrong. And, and all of this may
0: just uh, hopefully get some remodeling. Maybe that's the point of all yeah. these types of contractions, the blood flow, or the it, tension. is that we get that? And if blood flow restriction helps to allow you do some 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 higher threshold activities, yeah. um, you know, then great. I think that's you know potentially helpful. Yeah, I or.
2: think the blood flow restriction does, uh, from what I've seen, have some analgesic effect as well. Mm-hmm. So if you have some anterior knee pain, or maybe it changes the the nociception being able to do that then you can load them in an eccentric fashion or something like that to me that's beneficial too and I would use it that way and I use it that way so that's my thought on blood flow I would try it but not necessarily for the reason of thinking you're getting hypertrophy of the tendon or changes in the tendon because I don't think that's happening
0: alright so bringing it back (laughs) eccentrics probably not the cat's meow they're great they're good right but they're probably not like you you have to do like just eccentric eccentric. (laughs) i think i think you nailed it it's loading the tissues there and i think the science is starting to show that so uh by all means combine all of that and use it at the appropriate time with the right person i guess right so uh great question thanks so much head to mikerano.com click on that podcast link and you can ask us great questions like that anything you want to talk about we're happy to answer and we'll see you on the next episode